whereas the synonyms for stupid multiply and proliferate, these words that were meant to be smart keep dying on the vine, dwindling away. <laughs> Welcome to the Common Errors in English Usage Podcast. I'm here with Paul Bryants, author of the Common Errors in English Usage website and book. I'm the editor of that book and host of this weekly podcast, Tom Sumner. Hello, Paul. Hi, Tom. We spent a long time talking about our list of nouns and adjectives that would insult one's intelligence. And now we get to, is this dessert talking about uh, synonyms for smart. Not as many of these as there are of the other. No, you can't really make a banquet of this dessert. <laughs> I had to stretch it quite a bit. We'll use some that are completely obsolete. But there are some synonyms for intelligent that we can talk about that are noteworthy. Let's start with the word smart. Now, most of the time these days, we use this to talk about our phones, right? Our phones are really smart. They're smartphones. Smartphones, yeah, yeah. And one of the ironies of this is, that, of course, smartphones can make you stupid, not only if you're texting while you're driving mm. um, or even walking. I saw a video the other day on YouTube of people walking into telephone poles and into holes and doing all kinds of crazy things while they were looking at their smartphones. But I had an experience yesterday of taking quite a long trip by ferry into Seattle to go to see a doctor uh, appointment I'd had for a long time and it was entered in my smartphone and I got there and they said oh, actually your appointments for tomorrow and so it was my fault for having entered the date in Ron my regular phone a dumb phone had a message on it two days earlier reminding me of when the actual date was but I didn't listen to the message closely because I thought I was being smart because I had my smartphone to tell me but I would have been smarter to listen to my dumb phone <laughs> right yeah well I had my own smartphone event this morning my alarm went off and I recently had replaced my external card my memory card in my phone and I put all of my uh, music that I had stored on the other memory card. I just transferred it over to the new one, and I thought I was all good to go. And I have my, I don't know if you do this on your alarm, but I set my alarm to something really, really nice. I mean, it's supposed to sound like this. which is a little introduction to a Miles Davis song, Blue, Blue and Green. Uh, it's really nice piano. Uh, isn't that, a, wouldn't that be a gentle way to wake up? Yeah, Bill Evans, he's, he's always great. Sure. I have almost the complete recordings of Bill Evans. He was extremely prolific. Yeah. But I've got a huge section of my CD collection devoted to Bill Evans. Sure, yeah, yeah. Bill Evans played piano on that album, Kind of Blue. So I had this all set up. But instead, this morning, I heard something that sounded like a car alarm going off. It was just a generic whack, whack, whack. <laughs> I realized that my alarm app was not smart enough to attach itself to the new memory card once I had taken up the old one. So I had to go back through and reprogram it this morning after I, after I had been uh, woken up by this other obnoxious sound. 
But by and large, they are pretty smart. I got to hand it to those phones. They they do a pretty good job all in all. Pretty good, but not perfect. Another often discussed way in which smartphones can be stupid is in voice recognition. <laughs> yes. And despite the fact that Siri has become sort of the generic term for this sort of thing, I find that Siri is often pretty dim when I'm trying to explain something. So I almost always use Google Voice instead. Mm-hmm. And I've read an article that went into some technical detail about how Google Voice had become much more sophisticated in voice recognition than Apple's Siri. And also that Apple is trying strenuously to catch up and they're promising to release to the world soon a, a better version that can understand things. It, it Typically, the worst, of course, is to be expect when you use uh, proper nouns, people's names, names of cities and stuff, if they're not really, really familiar, like, say, Paris, often they'll try to recognize them as a common noun instead and come out with something really weird. Right. There's a lot of amusement to be gotten out of the mishearings of our smartphones. Anyway, smart really didn't mean intelligent at first. It meant quick, fast. So a horse would be trotting at a smart pace or do something smartly was to do it quickly. But that meant that someone who is quick to grasp something has a brain that functions in a smart fashion, quick. And quick can mean intelligent for the same reason. So originally, there's this very tight connection between the two. Now they've sort of parted ways. And I don't think we associate when you say that, you know, he was marching smartly down the street with the idea of being smart, being intelligent. Mm-hmm. But they actually came from the same root. Well, there's the crossover uh, smart dresser. Yes. You're an, especially intelligent dresser. But there's the whole meaning of smart that means just uh, kind of hip. Fashionable, hip, well put together. Yeah, that's another meaning of smart. And, of course, the word sharp. We talked about the sharpest, not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but... To be sharp, of course, is associated with intelligence. Right, and acute, we talked about, too. Mm-hmm. So uh, acute or penetrating in intellect or perception, says the OED. Intellectually acute, keen-witted, discerning, is sagacious. That sounds pretty sophisticated, and that's marked as an obsolete meaning by the OED. Uh, now it's usually less dignified to say somebody's really sharp. It's, it's very common, ordinary kind of speech, not terribly sophisticated way of expressing it. If somebody is quick-witted or clever, they're said to be sharp. And acute is the more learned way to say the same thing. But that's the first word that Oxford Historical Thesaurus lists as meaning intelligent that came into English. Very old. Sharp. Sharp. And then by the 16th century, you had the expression sharp-witted. Okay. And then keen comes along not long afterwards and means exactly the same thing. You can have a keen edge on a knife and uh, keen understanding, wise, learned, clever. Keen, I think, is mostly used now to mean eager. Yeah, I'm not too keen on the idea. I think, yeah, probably in negative expressions is where we hear it most now, but at one time it it meant very learned, scholarly. Mm -hmm. And again, all of these having to do with quickness and sharpness, nimble. And that's interesting that we get, well, before we get onto the nimble, it's interesting to me that the sharp metaphor related to the mind of course knives and swords are sharp they should be but for the mind to be sharp that's an interesting metaphor and i'm not sure i would have originated that myself (laughs) but if you get cut with a a sharp knife it might smart (laughs) okay so uh, 
Nimble meant uh, quick at grasping, comprehending, or learning. Therefore, clever and wise. And a little later, nimble comes to mean grasping in a physical sense. And that's how we usually use it today. Nimble is agile, good at doing something, especially with your hands, but not necessarily. So you can have a nimble imagination or a nimble mind, I guess. But it's not used nearly as much as it was at first to mean intelligent. Mm -hmm. So again, it's got the quickness related to it that we started with on smart. There's quite a few of these words that have gotten sort of orphaned or stranded where the, the, the smartness oozed away and we got left with something else. And witty is another example. Witty originally meant wise and to wit is to know. And we still will sometimes use that as a formal old fashioned expression. There are three tools in the box to wit, one hammer, one screwdriver and one wrench. Mm-hmm. And you find that in Shakespeare. And, of course, witless is not knowing. We talked about that earlier. But it did mean wise. But in the Renaissance, it came to mean having a good intellectual ability, intelligent, clever, ingenious, skillful, expert, and capable. And I can see those last three, skillful, expert, and capable, are getting closer to uh, nimble. Right. Um, but that, that kind of dropped away. We don't use witty anymore for that. You can say, you know, he's really witty with a screwdriver or something. The modern meaning is amusingly clever. And so wit broadened or narrowed, actually, from meaning intelligence generally to cleverness of a joking manner, usually. Uh, so if you're being amusing, making smart remarks, then you're being witty. So we've lost that. To, and I guess... People who are witty are assumed to be also intelligent, so it hasn't been entirely drained of its smartness. Mm-hmm. Understanding, another one, of persons or animals possessed of understanding, having knowledge and judgment, intelligence. Today, if we say somebody is understanding, we'd say that they were sympathetic or tolerant. You're being understanding about all this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily flatter your intelligence. It's more an emotional mm-hmm. thing. But originally did have to do with intelligence. But intelligence, the word, has that connotation of having understanding, having mm-hmm. some kind of empathy. To be intelligent means you're sort of larger than the situation. You, you're able to grasp the situation at hand, but you're looking at the larger picture, too. Uh, so you have a, a greater understanding of, of it. Yeah, would you call a mad scientist intelligent? Would I call a mad scientist intelligent? Probably not. I know. It's sort of a positive term. Isn't yeah, it? right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think a mad scientist would be ignoring a certain set of facts, I think, to, to focus on one thing, maybe. Uh, emotionally warped, too. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and a completely obsolete one from the 14th century, and evidently only used during that century, was skill-wise which sounds to me like something that Tolkien might have made up. Hmm. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, like Samwise. Yeah. Um, skill-wise, it was a term for intelligent, discerning, and clever. And then there's intelligible, uh, originally meant capable of understanding. Intelligent. Later, it shifted to capable of being understood. So it's no longer the person thinking who's intelligible, but the stuff that he's he or she is trying to understand that is intelligible, and it's usually used negatively, and that it was unintelligible, impossible to understand. Mm-hmm. 
And what about the word knowing? We we have to affix the word all to it, sort of. Well, that's one way to do it. All knowing, of course, uh, somebody who knows everything. It originally just meant somebody that has some knowledge mm -hmm. or is knowledgeable generally, well-informed, learned, practiced, expert. It also, uh, for a while, meant having intelligence or understanding. So a knowing person was an intelligent person. Now, however, it's mainly used by itself to modify an insight or understanding, like a knowing glance, yeah, a knowing expression. It means it indicates the person is pretty smart, and you can tell sort of indirectly that they're they are from what they do or say. Well, I talked about quick-witted. I think I did a minute ago, but uh, what about well-witted? That's really an expression? Not anymore right now. That's another obsolete one, just another variation. You know, your wits are good, so you're well-witted, but it, it meant quick or ready wit, mm -hmm. intelligent, clever. So it's really more closely related to witty. And, uh, of course, we can't talk about smart without talking about the word intellect. And this is one that has a kind of a nuanced connotation. And intellectual, it's a noun. But there's also the adjective intellectual. You have intellectual interests. And a person could be said to be intellectual originally. Mm -hmm. Smart. And it was later that such a person was called an intellectual. It's usually associated with academic and cultural contexts. Mm -hmm. And there's an old obsolete form of the word, too, intellective, mm -hmm. that didn't catch on. What about the negative connotation of intellectual? Just a pointy-headed intellectual. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Like all these Republicans that said in their survey recently that uh, college makes you dimmer. Right, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, people could have a, a negative view of intellectualism. Yes. And feel that it's, you, you learn so much out of your books, you forgot your common sense. Well, which is related to Duns Scotus that we talked about earlier, where Dunce was originally a, a learned scholar and came to mean a stupid person that didn't know anything. Right. So that was back when we were talking about Dunce, back, way back when we started this conversation. Uh, so an intellectual could have a negative connotation, too. Ingenious. Now, the, this this doesn't mean the opposite of genius. No. No, in fact, it mean, originally meant having the qualities of a genius. Right. But now it's been narrowed down to cleverly inventive. So something can be ingenious. It's usually tricky, complex, subtle, something you, not everybody would be see, obviously. Mm -hmm. I, I'm struck by the contemporary slang expression genius to mean smart or ingenious. If somebody is trying to tell you that they admire something that you've done or said, and say, well, that's genius, mm -hmm. not in, not uh, you are a genius, but the thing itself is genius. And I don't think it's standard English yet, but it is certainly standard among young people in speech. Yeah. And you have an entry, don't you, on, on genius? Right. Telling mom your English teacher is requiring the class to to get HBO is genius. <laughs> the standard way to say this is, was brilliant. So that contemporary slang in that sense, it's not traditional and brilliant might be a, a more traditional way of putting it. Right. And we'll talk about brilliant later. Yeah. Fine-headed, having a fine mind. Yeah, fine-headed, very odd expression. Clever, subtle, or ingenious in argument, having a fine mind, given to making fine distinctions. We now say she has a fine head for math, 
or speak of someone having a fine mind, but we don't say fine-headed anymore. Mm-hmm. One of the most uh, interesting ones, remember, was conceited, which has totally changed its meaning. And the 16th century, it meant intelligent, ingenious, and clever, characterized by ingenuity. And it came from words like concept. To be conceited was to conceive ideas. So if you're having conceived ideas, and these are concepts, now to conceive, of course, is to beget, to conceive a child, but you can conceive ideas as well. And to be conceited was not to be a vain, but to be inventive. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, conceited means having a highly favorable concept of oneself. But 16th century meant something completely different. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, that is completely different, and we're so far removed from that, that would never cross my mind. So if I read something very old and I saw the word conceited, I would be quite puzzled. <laughs> now, intelligent, we talked a little bit about the word intelligent. but Right, we've been using it quite a bit so far mm-hmm. in this episode, but um, it meant having the faculty of understanding, possessing intelligence or intellect. At first, it referred to the quality of being able to receive intelligence. Intelligence was information, knowledge. So we have the modern expressions like the intelligence community, mm-hmm. I mean, spy agencies, mm-hmm. and so on. Um, and you might think that would be modern slang, but actually that's the original meaning of intelligence, stuff to be known rather than the, no- the ability to know it. Mm-hmm. There is a variant obsolete form, intelligential, let that die out. But another obsolete one is senseful. Right. A lot of these obsolete, fine-headed, senseful, if we came across them, well-witted, we would know exactly what they meant. It's the opposite of senseless. Yeah. Not exactly the same thing as modern sensible, which means something more like not stupid, if you be sensible. And so it's a little different to be senseful, to be really intelligent. And Thinking. Yeah, thinking. That's where it all starts, right? Right. But originally, a thinking person could be someone who is given to thinking, habitually exercising his mind, having special or well-trained powers of thought, thoughtful, reflective, intellectual. We still, in a certain phrase, use this. We still speak of the thinking person's preferences or notions. It used to be always the thinking man's whatever. Yeah, right. But that's sexist, so we'll say thinking person. Well, here's one that we don't use in the same way anymore, and that's apprehensive. Right. You notice these, whereas the synonyms for stupid multiply and proliferate these words that were meant to be smart keep dying on the vine (laughs) right yeah so apprehensive i mean you could apprehend things you could understand you're you're apprehensive but now the only things that apprehensive people apprehend are things they're afraid of so if you're apprehensive you're worried about something happening now here's one that lasted 17th century sagacious it's one of those fancy words, as smart as a sage. Mm-hmm. And it has its roots in words meaning keenly perceptive with all the senses, not only the mind, but it's gotten narrowed down in modern use to wise, intelligent. And one that's not always got a positive connotation is cunning. Right. That started very positive. It was related to knowing, actually literally related in that the etymology of the word to know and knowing and cunning are actually related. It meant possessing keen intelligence, wit, or insight, clever. Now it's usually used in negative senses. It's crafty, sly, 
a phrase you'll find in the elder literature a lot is low cunning. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who's kind of a brute but has some a certain amount of cleverness to do something wicked. In slang, it comes to mean cute. And that was true in the 19th century. Mm. Uh, middle of the 19th century, people started calling things cunning, a cunning little doll or a cunning little girl or whatever. Today, we usually use adorable to mean the same thing, which is a word that's also gotten narrowed down. It used to be anything you could adore. But now, although you can say, I simply adore Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, you wouldn't call it an adorable symphony. No, it's not a puppy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very much trivialized. Uh, I found a quotation from Dickens' Martin Chuzzlewit using cunning in this way. Tea and coffee arrived with sweet preserves and cunning tea cakes in its train. So the tea cakes weren't necessarily evasive and uh, no. able to cover their tracks, right? They, yeah, cute, adorable. Just adorable little, little tea, tea cakes. cakes. Okay. They arrived in its train, of course, uh, is an expression we don't use anymore, but at Mindy comes afterwards, like not just the train of a gown, but the train was the people who marched behind a dignitary, and a locomotive wasn't anywhere in people's minds when they first started using that expression. Of course, there were locomotives when Dickens was alive, but uh, it wouldn't have called up associations with locomotives at at the time when he used that expression in its train. Uh, Dickens had a mishap in a train when he was giving a tour of America in which uh, the train got derailed. And he was traveling secretly with his mistress and almost got exposed. Yeah. Two of them wound up as victims out there. All right. Well, don't don't travel around by train with your mistress. That's not a cunning move. Right. Um, Thoughtful. Another one drained of its smartness. You know, it doesn't mean you're just full of thoughts. It means considerate. Mm -hmm. But originally it meant given to thinking, meditative, pensive. Mm Mm-hmm. And of course, pensive and on, but it's to some degree. But he's, you know, being thoughtful, I guess, could be pensive. But most of the time, it means you're being considerate. Now, uh, thoughtful, intelligent. We talked about understanding. All of these words that have some association with having a broader view or being more considerate of of the wider spectrum of things. I'm contrasting that with our original term, idiot, which we pointed out was uh, it meant a social person or antisocial. So the very narrow interest. Very narrow interest, yeah. So I'm seeing a trend here. Yes. Yeah. Now, perceptive is not one of those kinds of words, but it's got its own associations. Well, it literally means uh, able to perceive. Mm -hmm. And so originally it was having a showing insight and it came to mean intelligent. But that sense has pretty much dropped away. Now it's the ability to grasp knowledge quickly and easily. If you're really impressed by somebody's perceptiveness is that the the way that they acquire knowledge, the way they understand things quickly rather than just, say, their general smartness. Mm-hmm. So it still has to do with intelligence, but it's a specific subcategory. Right. And clever has its own set of associations, too. Yeah. Possessing skill or talent, able to use the hand or brain readily and effectively, hmm. dexterous, skillful, adroit. Those are all synonyms for clever. When I was doing my research on nuclear and post-nuclear war fiction, the book that was one of the most impressive that I read was called Ridley Walker by Russell Hoban. 
Uh, all guns known, especially for children's books, but this is a very adult book indeed. Uh, not a bestseller because it was written in English as it has deteriorated uh, something like 3,000 years from now. After a nuclear war has caused mutations in human beings that caused them to lose most of their wits, their intelligence. So they've sunk back to a pretty primitive state. But they have memories that have been passed down over generations vague memories of the atomic bomb and fission. And the scientists are referred to in this myth that they repeat as Mr. Clever, C-L-E-V-V-E-R. And they know about the splitting of the atom only as something violent that produced a big bang. And in the novel, the main character, Ridley Walker, who is smarter than your average person at that time, witnesses the invention of gunpowder but in his mind, this is replicating the splitting of the atom and the creation of the atom bomb. It's a very moving book, but it's tough to read. It's about as hard to read as Chaucer mm. because he makes up spellings and uh, just invents a language, sometimes following linguistic rules of uh, how language tends to change. I don't know. I, I just was very, very taken by it, but I, I don't know that I've ever persuaded anybody else to read it. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, it's a terrific book. Okay, uh, what's the name of the book one more time? R I D D L E Y Ridley Walker W A L K E R by Russell Hoban H O B A N. If you know the uh, Francis books for little kids, mm-hmm. here are those. Uh, they're a world removed from Ridley Walker. Mm-hmm. What about the word uptaking? Yeah, we talk about somebody being slow on the uptake now, uh-huh. uh, but we don't use uptaking as an adjective in this way, but it used to mean quick to understand, intelligent. It's sort of sort of like uploading on computers. You're uploading information into the brain. You're uptaking it, but uh, that's 18th century, long gone as a regular word. And just a couple more here. There's knowledgeable. That's pretty easy and straightforward yeah now we're getting into an area that's more familiar not so many of these obsolete terms this is uh, comes from irish english in the early 19th century possessing or showing knowledge well-informed well-read sagacious wise educated sometimes used by americans to mean aware of he's knowledgeable of cricket Mm -hmm. (laughs) well probably not knowledgeable about baseball statistics more likely and brainy, that goes back a little ways, maybe longer than we might think. Yeah, 1845 is the first citation. Uh, I thought it, it was surely a 20th century invention, mm-hmm. but it, it was been around a long time. And it's kind of an obvious thing, uh, having the quality of brains as being brainy, showing plenty of brains. And today it's usually used to mean intellectual, and it can be probably slightly critical rather than positive. Now, that one goes back maybe a little farther than I might have thought, but this one is a little more recent than I might have thought, is cerebral. That actually didn't come into use. I guess the first uh, citation is from 1929, D.H. Lawrence. Right. He is considering it a negative quality. And if you know either Lady Chatterley's Lover or almost any of his other books, he has great emphasis on overcoming modern intellectualism and getting back into the body and the senses Mm -hmm. and the sentence that he used it in is in a short story since we have become so cerebral we can't bear to touch or be touched Mm -hmm. that's very dh lawrence yeah and uh, it comes from cerebellum having to do with the brain so cerebral was his invention to convey that idea and it caught on it's still used usually in a mildly negative sense to say something is awfully brainy but 
not necessarily practical you know rooted in the real world yeah it gets it gets affixed by the word too too cerebral hmm. And just to give equal time, uh, when we ended our conversation last time on insults to the intelligent, ad- adjectives that could insult the intelligence, and we had, uh, oh, not the sharpest knife in the drawer. There's no such thing as being the sharpest knife in the drawer, right? You have to not be the sharpest knife in the drawer. Right. Uh, but, okay, we have a, a few of these. I think not too many, but we have a few expressions that are associated with being smart. Well, and as we did at the end of the previous episodes, I'm not going to stick just strictly with adjectives. There are nouns and expressions and so on. Uh, An interesting one that I've run into a lot is the British people refer to scientists and engineers as boffins. Boffins, okay. B-O-F-F-I-N. So the boffins have invented this this new technology of some kind or other. Hmm. And in in very contemporary American English, uh, people can have book smarts, uh, which usually is meant to negatively to express that they don't have street smarts, Mm -hmm. another kind of smartness. And and, an older expression that I think was especially popular in the 50s and 60s was to be a brainiac. Right. Which I think came from, what was the computer name that was... Univac, yeah. Univac, yeah. Yeah, I think it was probably born of being compared with a, a human person who thought like a computer was a brainiac. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we didn't talk at all about bright. You know, to be bright is to be the opposite of being dull or dim. Uh, to be an Einstein is a really smart person. Did you happen to see the recent biographical series of Einstein called Genius? No. Oh, it was wonderful. Mostly was uh, depicted the, the period when he was first developing his theories and his conflicts with uh, na- the Nazis, but also his conflicts with his wives. He had uh, great intelligence when it came to physics and very little in the way of social smarts mm-hmm. and knowing how to treat other people and fascinating, worth uh, tracking down and, and watching. Of course, these days, if you use the word Einstein, it's just as likely going to be negative. Right. Yeah. You've got a slotted screw that you're trying to put in or something. And he's like, hey, give me a screwdriver. And they grab the Phillips head out of the box and hand it to you. Say, yeah, that's a Phillips head, Einstein. Well, we're all on tools and so on. Uh, sharp as attack. Sharp as attack. That's a, that's a yeah. yeah. Now, that's a, that's a fair that one has retained its uh, meaning and usage fairly well. Yeah. You can uh, be one smart cookie. A smart cookie? You never talk about smart cookies in general. It's always one smart cookie. Right. There's no such thing as a stupid cookie. (laughs) (laughs) If you eat too many of them. An insult, of course, is a smarty or a smarty pants. And uh, another one that has pretty much died out but was very popular in the early 20th century was a whiz. Mm -hmm. There was a very popular radio show called The Whiz Kids. Young kids were asked difficult questions and answered them. Right. You could be a real whiz. Now, I promised we'd get back around to brilliant. Mm -hmm. And didn't we go through this in an earlier episode, Mike? Uh, We spent an episode talking about the word brilliant. And I I don't want to go through that all again, but just remind people that in modern British English, brilliant has gotten worn down to a nubbin so that it can just mean anything slightly positive. It's almost something being brilliant is almost equivalent to being okay. Yes. And it's not done that in the United States. Unless using it sarcastic, oh, I was brilliant. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> but we don't use it in the same very, very mild uh, approving sense that the British do. Yeah. So we have a few expressions that can be used. Uh, sharp as attack, that's a good one. A few of these that are a little bit more colloquial, a little more slangy that are, could be associated with having smarts to go along with our other list that was a little more colorful, a little more extensive, <laughs> insulting someone's intelligence. But it just turns out that we don't have as many expressions for this side of the coin as the other. Yeah, too bad. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for this rundown. This has been a great series, I think, going all the way back to the word idiot and talking about all of those negative terms and having a little bit of time for some of these more positive ones. Yeah, this has been fun. All right. Thanks, Paul. That's all for the podcast this week. As usual, you can send your comments and questions to common errors podcast at gmail.com. If you want to support the podcast, buy the book. The common errors in English usage book can be bought online at your favorite online seller at our website, wmjasco.com with free shipping. Thanks for listening.